Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Ron Phillips here. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Man, I, I'm going to get right into it today. I've got, a, I've got a, a really... I got a cool guest today because... And you know we don't do guests very often, but I got a really unique guest. Um, and when, when, uh, you know, when we first kind of uh, met with this, with this new deal, I, I, I've never really heard of what he does before. I think I've heard of people who try to do this uh, in the past, but I don't think I've ever heard of anybody who does it very successfully. And um, we met through a mutual friend, really, really good friend of mine who runs an awesome mastermind group. And and because of that, Chris Craddock is here, man. Welcome to the show. I'm going to give you a proper introduction now because, and then we'll let you tell your story and you can you can kind of fill in the gaps, but uh, excuse me, Chad. So Man, this is this is really cool. Your 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 background is pretty unique, man. In addition to the fact that you're you were an investor, moved into to real estate brokerage, which is kind of backwards, and then you just started killing it in the real estate market. So if you guys don't know, Chris, he he sells a ton of real estate in the in the in the Washington D.C. market and also Richmond, Virginia. He's a certified life coach as well, and. I believe used to have something to do with with uh, youth youth pastor. You're a youth pastor, man. You've done a lot of stuff in your life, and it seems like every single thing that you've touched has been successful. And now you're doing something really unique that I've I've alluded to, Chris. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But and I'm I'm excited to talk to you about your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got into this. Yeah, man. So you know, and uh, I got married in 2000 and went on staff with uh, Young Life. I. I loved Young Life. It was a it was a youth ministry organization that changed my life, and but I made no money. I mean, and, and I was okay with that because I just loved what I did. But when in 2003, when my wife got pregnant, you know, we always had a goal that she'd be able to stay home and raise her kids, um, and living on you know, I made 20 grand a year with Young Life, and you can't live with on that in the DC area. No, you, know, you can't. You can't do anything in the DC area with twenty thousand dollars. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's crazy, and so. Uh, so I still remember it was before Google was the fountain of all information and knowledge. And so I, uh, I went to the local library and just checked out every book on real estate investing. If anybody that knows me knows I'm a little bit like, I don't have a middle gear. It's like all in. And so they had like 20 books and I just got them all. And uh, the only one I actually remember what it was, was, was rich dad, poor dad. You know, I read that one first and it just shifted how I saw the world, which I know a lot of people in the real estate space, you know, have been there with, uh, with rich dad, poor dad, and then read all these other books. And basically what it said was, uh, you know, go talk to people in a distressed situation because they're the ones that have a high pain point and need to sell. And so, I mean, honestly, I, my, the whole point of my life has always been, you know, imperfect action trumps perfect inaction any day of the week. And so, you know, I just, absolutely go out and I literally found all these houses that were going up foreclosure. And at the time it was early two thousands, everybody had equity because you know, the market was like jumping like crazy. And I just started knocking on every door that I could like drove around and knocking on doors of people going to auctions, just saying, Hey, I'll buy your house. And, uh, I mean, in four months I made 12 times what I made in a year, uh, you know, with young life and, uh, just, just blew it away. And, 
And, you know, but I love ministry stuff. And so I made a bunch of money and that wasn't really the end all be all for me. So I put that money aside and we actually bought the house we live in now. And, uh, you know, I've got six kids, which man, I, I probably should have gotten like a hobby instead, you know, like watching <laughs> a TV or something. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, like if you, if you've got a bunch of kids, you know, that, uh, your money just disappears quick. And so my money was just disappearing really, really fast. And so I was doing side jobs. I mean, literally you, you talk about lots of things. I actually got paid as a hand model once, like, like my hands aren't that pretty, but, uh, anyway, I've just done so many things to, to make money as the money was disappearing. And I was like, why don't I just go back into real estate? So I started flipping houses again. The, the landscape had changed. I was mainly doing short sales to begin with, because that's what, what I could find and could do. And then the banks kind of changed their, their margins, their numbers, and it was harder to flip short sales. And, uh, at the time I had gone back to school. I'd gotten a doctorate in leadership and somebody had given me uh, Gary Keller's millionaire real estate agent book. And in ministry, I'd always led massive teams, large, large teams of volunteers. And when I saw that, it just, it just made a lot of sense to me. And so we started building a residential real estate business and, you know, we grew really, really fast with a big, big pillar of our business in the investor space, both ourselves and other investors that we work with and that we serve. And, um, and through that, we got to where we are today, where we realized that a lot of wholesalers, a lot of fix and flippers, a lot of other investors, they they spend tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in your market, in the market, all the different markets. Um, they're spending so much money every month. And you know, all of them have tried to monetize these leads, but uh, very few people have. And over the last few years, we've really created a script, a system, a, a way to monetize those leads so much so that we are consistent sending in referral fees back to investors about 40,000 or more than 40,000 almost every single month. So we're doing this at a high level. We're helping them win and we're winning, which I think is the best way to do business in life. Win-win. Wow. So. Okay. So that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. So let me, let me, let me rewind just for a second, because I want everybody to make sure we understand there's a few lessons in here, right? That I think you, you glazed over because it's you, like you said at the beginning, it's just naturally who you are. And that is to just go all in. Some of the people who listen are, are trying to either grow their business. It doesn't make any difference, guys. Like we're, right now we're talking about real estate. We talk about real estate a lot, but it doesn't make any difference what your business is. There are some lessons that can be learned from, from Chris's path, right? The most important one that I heard out of all of that is a, a word that we're hearing a lot right now, which is pivot right? So when things happen to you, you have to be able to understand how to pivot and understand how the market changes, no matter what business you're in, affect you and be able to, you know, pivot. I kind of hate the word, but everybody's saying it right now, right? So adapt, or you have to adapt to what's going on in the markets around you. Second thing I think that you said, Chris, it was really important was you can't be scared of getting your hands dirty, man, because one of the things that I leave out very commonly in my story, as I tell it, are the door knocking days, right? It's the it's the time I don't want to remember because it was such crap work, man. I mean, when I first started out, I was I was rehabbing houses in inner city Kansas City, and my brother and I, we went flyers door to door in an area where most people won't even go. 
And we went door to door and dodged pit bulls and everything else trying to buy houses because that's that's the market we could afford to invest in, right? And so right. I think people overlook the fact that a lot of really successful people, the reason, one of the reasons they're successful is because they just didn't accept that they couldn't do it. And if you don't have any money, you knock doors and it, like you just get out there and make it happen. And so good for you for and, 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 and for putting that in your story, even though you kind of glossed over it, because I think it's so beneficial for everybody out there. Right. If your business is struggling right now, go back to basics, try to figure out what is happening in your business and then and then work at it really, really hard because knocking doors sucks. Right. <laughs> but it works, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if success was easy, everybody would do it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So anyway, after after that, the other thing I want to just go is this, let's just chronologically go through this really quick, right? So first we start working with the distressed sellers. This is this is while he is a, a youth pastor, which I don't know if you guys have ever been any kind of a pastor over youth. That is like a full-time job in and of itself, right? So that's so we got full-time job, plus we're working with distressed sellers, knocking on doors. Then he shifts into short sales when he goes back into the market because the market has shifted, right? He doesn't go back in, try to do the same thing, bang his head. When the market has shifted on him, he shifted with the market. Now he's doing short sales. Short sales didn't work anymore, right? And so he goes back into the market and realizes, oh my gosh, there's this really big opportunity over here because Gary Keller wrote this book that I love. And oh my gosh, I can actually go be a Keller Williams agent and then broker. And I can take all of this learning that I got and I can I can apply it here and grow this thing really, really fast. And that and that's what you did, right? And so that's a lot, dude. How, how, how much time was that? What was, this, what was the span from distressed sellers to killing it at Keller Williams? Yeah. So, so, I mean, 2003 was when we opened up our, was when I started flipping houses. Then I took a break in 2011 to 2014 was when I was like, mainly I got back in and was flipping, but between short sales and some of the other stuff. And then uh, December, 2014 was when I uh, really, when we launched our retail team and uh, yeah. And then grew from so in six years, you, you grew that thing to what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Uh, we're going to do 600 transactions, about 600 transactions this year. Last year we did 120 million in volume. And uh, that's insane. That's insane. Good for, good for you, man. Good for you. So you're, 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 you're a broker. You have this, you know, you have this brokerage. Um, I'm a broker. I know a bunch of guys in, in the, in the industry. I'm not on the retail side. Like you are, I'm very interested to hear what you think about the shifting landscape in the brokerage world before we move into this really awesome thing that you've built. Tell me what you think, man, because obviously the landscape is shifting. There's all of these, you know, I buyers coming into, into what used to be our world that was kind of it's kind of a closed world, right? Brokerage world was really closed off. And it's it's really not anymore, man. The thing is changing dramatically. How do you see it? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's the, the biggest key here. And, and that's part of the reason why we've been able, why, you know, people have not made money with those those leads that were distressed seller leads because of the fact that they didn't understand that there is there is a meshing and every day that technology kind of gets involved every day that we have more and more input coming at us and and people want stuff and they want it quicker and quicker and quicker we're seeing that that these instant offers these i buyer offers are are being are, are becoming more and more attractive to people you know i just i just bought my dream truck uh, about a year ago and i could have I know that if I wanted to to have sold my my old car, 
I could have made a couple thousand dollars more on Craigslist selling the car, but it just wasn't worth my time. It wasn't worth the hassle. I just traded it in because it was easier. And I think that that's the mentality of where, where the market is kind of starting to head where people are like, you know what? I would rather the simplicity instead of people coming through my house all the time, instead of waiting for the offer, getting something quicker and easier and knowing that there's, there's, there's certainty there, which is one of the things I teach when I teach sales, knowing that there's certainty in, in this offer, um, especially when people are moving or changing and and it's filled with uncertainty, having the certainty just changes the whole landscape of, of the business. And then like right now in the world with this pandemic going on, the world of uncertainty, that's where, you know, offering certainty, I think is going to be what people want going forward. So I think this marrying of, of the, the investor and the agent is the people that can get in front of this are going to make fortunes. You know, this is when a transition is going to happen. And the people that are smart enough to see the future are the ones that are going to make the most money. Yeah. I keep, I I keep, I keep saying that you've got to be able to blend high tech with high touch. You have to be able to do that. And I think that is, that's the piece with the, you know, with the iBuyer robot kind of thing that is, is missing. And where, where the little guy, I guess, I mean, it used to be a time when we wouldn't consider either of ourselves little guys in the industry would be behemoths in the industry. But these iBuyers, man, they're they're behemoths and they're coming for all, everybody, right? The real estate investor, the real estate broker, all of us, they want all of our market share as much of it as they can take. And I think the downfall with those guys is they they have not figured out how to marry high tech with high touch. They think high tech will solve all the problems. I agree with you that it will solve some people's problems, but it's not going to, it's not going to solve everybody's. And I think where you can marry the two of those, you have a leg up on those guys because you can offer certainty, but you can, you can also offer something that the, the tech companies can't offer. And that is some compassion, some empathy for these people's situation. And there's a, there's a human side to this. that's really, really important, right? When you went to, 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 to kind of elaborate on the point a little bit, when you went in to trade your truck in, if the guy was a jerk, would you have traded your truck into the dude? I would have gone to the next dealership downstream. It would have taken me five minutes to get there and I would have given that guy the finger on the way out, right? Right, you, right. You, that, and that's the high touch piece, right? So yes, it is easier, but I don't want to do business with somebody I don't like just because it's easier. And I do want to do business with people that I, that I like, but I want them to make it easy. I want them... And you know, when I go in for my buying experience, especially with cars... I mean, it sounds like you're the same. I want the paperwork done. Like I, when I go in there and pick out the car, I'm like, cool, I'll be back tomorrow or later on this afternoon or whenever you get your crap together. Cause I don't want to sit here in the finance office or whatever when I'm writing a check and I have to wait for you to print things out on a dot matrix printer. Just get your crap together and then call <laughs> me back so that I can make this thing happen in five minutes. That's really what I want to do. Right. And where you can do that and still have somebody, the human experience there that feels good, man, you got something really, really special when you can do that, when you can really take care of people fast and you can do it in a way where there's a human connection there. I think, I think that's a winning formula. Yeah. Um, and I think that's partly why this, is, why this is working for you guys too. But you're right, man. Every single business, ha- every, every single business markets, every single business gets leads in. Mine is no different. And 90% of the people that we market to, they, can't, they either can't or they don't want to buy our product, right? So I have all of these leads over here 
and we try to monetize them, but I don't think we're as efficient at it or as effective at it as we could be. There are a lot of people who listen to this who have real estate businesses like you're talking about. Tell us a little bit. And and, and I will say too, Chris, that in, in this industry, real estate investors notoriously take advantage of realtors and realtors notoriously don't like investors. Yeah. And you have somehow bridged the gap and are making everybody money in the process. So tell us how how this works and you know how everybody else can maybe take advantage of the same thing with all of these with all of these leads. Yeah, I mean, so so a couple things. You know, one, yeah, investors. I've talked to so many investors, and you know, I mean, just when you're tied into that world, you know that this is a piece where they're just like. I don't know about you, but I just see over and over again, people have tried to do something with those leads and maybe they've done it at a small level, but nothing, nothing done well. Right. Right. And, uh, so a perfect example of that is, is one of the, the biggest groups that I partner with and we do a lot of business together now and I make them a whole lot of money and they, uh, you know, they make me a lot of money. It's, it's a perfect win-win scenario, but, uh, they, they, when I talked to them, they said, look, we're not really interested in doing anything with it. We were given, you know, somebody who's one of the top agents in the country. We've given her a thousand leads. You know, we, we, uh, you know, over the last six months and she's closed six of them, you know, out of a thousand. Huh. Yeah. That's they're horrible. Like, they're like, we, uh, we, we tried our own brokerage. We tried our own, you know, they just went through all this stuff and they're like, we just lost money every time we focused on that. So it's just not worth our time. And I just kept going after, going after, you know, for me, I, I believe persistence breaks resistance, right? Like you just go after. So it's just like, just give me a shot, give me a shot. You know, and I was still, you know, uh, my business was, was getting bigger, but we weren't, weren't big yet. You know, we're only a couple of years into, to growing, but I knew that was a world that, that I understood well. And I understood the, the psychology of the people that called an investor versus somebody that wanted a, an agent to come to their house. So I felt like I could bridge that gap. And finally they gave me 150 leads. They're like, here, here's 150 leads. I called 70 of them had already sold, like listed, sold with another person, whatever. 30 of them were out of area. So I had 40 deals. And I just, in my mind, I'm like, look, if, if a thousand of them, they got six, six deals. I got to get six. I got to get six out of these 40. And so, I mean, I just, anything I could do. I mean, I was not going to take no for an answer. And I got, I got six deals out of the 40 and I called them up. I still remember saying, Hey man, I got six people to, to sign. We got six under contract, or I think I got eight to sign. Six of them got under contract. And, uh, and you know, here, here's the deal. We'll, we'll set up the uh, referral, all the other pieces. And, uh, He's like, wait, you got six of them under contract? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, why don't you come in? And I, I, I came in, I met with him and he's like, bro, we gave you 150 old dead leads because you just wouldn't stop hounding us. <laughs> he's like, I just, I just wanted you to leave me alone. And uh, he's like, but you got six of them? Are you kidding me? And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's the deal. And he's like, all right, let's, let's start, uh, let's start testing this on a little bit bigger level. And then we started going bigger and bigger and then got to the point where I started training other agents on my team, how to do that. And, and we just started, you know, really, really expanding that, that role to the point where, I mean, we're going to close, I don't know, maybe, uh, well over a hundred, you know, if not close to 200 of these, these type of deals this year, you know, just right here in our market. Now we're expanding to our, our Richmond uh, expansion market as well. So that's kind of how that looked. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who sits here and tries to point out the things that people can use in their own business, no matter what the business is. 
from people who come in here and who are successful and sometimes sometimes don't even know how to articulate what they just did. There's some really key things in what you just said in that story. Number one, when you wanted whatever it was and you saw an opportunity, you didn't let go and there was no letting off the gas. And I think so many times in business, business people get to the point where they just go, okay, fine, I'll just go do something. They just get beat down and they go do something else or they give up. You can't do that. You can't do that because there's a massive opportunity. And if you latch onto it like a pit bull and don't let go, ultimately you can make something happen there. And if that's what you wanted, then get after it. Number two thing I think that's really, really important that you just said is I'm going to get six out of this. Now that's unreasonable. It's unreasonable that if, if the last person that tried got six out of a thousand, I mean, you know, I can say to myself, I'm better it's unreasonable for a person to say out of 40, they're going to get six. And yet when you said it, when you put it in your brain and you said, that's what I have to do, it's really impressive what the brain will do. It will, it will look for the abilities in, in the situation, the opportunities to make what happened, what, you, what you've put out there to the world that has to happen. And so many people don't do that. They go, gosh, if I could just get one, you know, that's, maybe that's reasonable. Go, go unreasonable on stuff and then attack it like it's unreasonable until you get it. And then, you know, then you can have a whole bunch of other people do the same thing and you can multiply yourself. Um, so you don't have to, you know, attack it as hard personally if you don't want to. But that's how you have to attack crap, right? And I, I mean, I think common people have common sense, right? You know, that's the reason why I named my podcast Uncommon. You know, like people rail against, you know, the 1%, right? But for me, I'm like the 1% do what the 99% aren't willing to do. I heard somebody say this, you know, everybody wants to be the beast, but nobody wants to do what the beast does. You know, just kind of get that idea where I am going to do this. And, and I liked what you said, it's unreasonable, but who cares? Like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to make happen. And, uh, and that's why people stand out. You know, my, my wife and I were talking because there's plenty of people that are as, as smart or if not a lot smarter than me, there's plenty of people that have more talent than I do. And she was just like, we were just talking through, we were like, what makes somebody that stands out, stand out. And, you know, her point to me, what she said was, she's like, you know, I think the, the one word that, that describes you is, is just relentless. You just won't give up. You know, you're just like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold on to it like a dog with a bone and not give up until I get what I need to get. And I think that that, that's it. I think, I think some of this too, goes back to, 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 to bring you back all the way to your pastor days, goes back to some biblical things, right? That are just ensconced in the way that things are. And people can either accept that they are, or they can not. It doesn't make any difference to me whether they do or they don't. But I go back and I go back quite a bit to the parable of the talents, right? Doesn't matter if you get one or you get five or you get 10, it doesn't make any difference how many of them you get, right? It's what you do with the ones that you have that matters in the end, right? So there's this big, and, and, you know, right now we have all of this, I mean, today, as we're recording this, there's, there's rioting going on over something that shouldn't have happened, but the rioting that's going on doesn't solve anything, right? And getting angry about your situation and your plot in life does not help. Doesn't matter who you are, you can get mad about the situation that you have because you got one and somebody else got five, or you can take your one and turn it into 20, right? That, that's the principle here, right? The unreasonableness of the goal and the effort to get the goal 
makes it so that you turn the one into 20 and you were a good steward over what you were given and you didn't go covet the other dude's stuff, right? You didn't say he got more, obviously he's more successful than me. You and I both know that there are way more smart people than, I mean, I'm, I'm no brain trust, right? I, there, and, and real estate is not that complicated. And the math that we do is not that complicated. This isn't rocket science, but somehow, you know, in, in life, there's always people who rise and there's always people who are mediocre and there's always people who are just not going to make it. And the difference that I can tell are the things that I'm pointing out in your story. And that I've pointed out in almost everybody else's story who's come on here. And that is that they, they just did stuff other people aren't willing to do period. End of story. Right. Right. Sorry. Took us off on a tangent, man. Tell us how this thing works. So how do you get, how do you get a dead lead that all these guys have that I have and turn it into something that makes, um, that makes money for everybody. Explain that yeah. to us. Yeah. So, so I have my, my whole process that I teach. The first thing is, and it, it sounds like it's, it doesn't really fit in, but it, it really, it really does. The first thing that I, uh, I do is I, I think everybody needs to go through their value proposition. And I, I tell everybody, you've got to write down 50 reasons why somebody would be an absolute idiot not to work with you. I mean, and in the common person will say, Oh, that's a great idea. And write down 10 or maybe 20 or maybe 30. I say 50. And if you do 35, you're being common. You're being like everybody else, you know, do your 50 so much. So, and I'll tell you, as I've, as I've taught people and they've done this exercise, they, uh, they go through it and more and more and more and more, like people start saying, Oh dang, like, like start walking with swagger because if somebody's going to work with you, you know, I, I mean, there's a study that said, 83.2% of people will believe something said in confidence. Mm -hmm. I just made that up, but it sounded confident. So people probably believe that that was true, right? So yeah, but, I, but I, think it, I think it's at least close. <laughs> yeah. It's at least close. I mean, come on. Everybody knows out there, guys and girls, you've both been walking and you go, you see a couple and they, they are not compatible. I mean, you, you can see it, right? And everybody has seen this and gone... Well, how did that happen? How did she get him or he get her? How did that work? Right. I'm, come on. That, that all goes back to confidence, right? 100%. So that's the whole thing is number one, you got to be able to walk in the door with swagger, your chest out, believe that if you ripped open your chest, you got a heart of the lion, of a lion in there and that people would be stupid not to work with you. hundred percent. If you don't start with that, you're going to lose, you're, you're going to lose, you know, people care more about, about that than they do, you know, effort and enthusiasm are more important than, than technique, you know, any day of the week. So I'll throw that out there. Um, and then now, next you have to deliver it, whatever it is you said, you better, you better deliver it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's the first one. Second thing is you got to understand the psychology of these people. These people are people that you're walking into. They called an investor. Okay. They're like me with my, with my car trading it in. They know they're going to, they're going to give up something. If for whatever reason, they know they're going to take less money for ease, or maybe they, I mean, we, we know, we all know the objections, the, re, the reason why people don't want to list on the market. Maybe they think their house is too messed up. Maybe they don't want people walking through their house. Maybe they uh, just want something simple. Maybe they, they're in a distressed situation. They need their money right away. So you, what you do is you, you walk in and you figure out what it is. If you walk in as a real estate agent, open up your listing presentation and square peg round hole, like it does not work. You need to go in as a problem solver. And I, I tell this story over and over and over again, you go in like a doctor, right? The people that make the most money in the world are the ones that identify people's pain and then solve their problem. And so like when I, when I, I've had four shoulder surgeries, when I had my shoulder surgery, I just jacked up my shoulder again, 
doctor did all these things. Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does as soon as he found the thing that hurt, he did it. I screamed. He did it again. I screamed. He found the pain. He pressed on it, found the pain again, and then pressed on it again. And that's what we do. We say, why, what is your pain? Figure out what it is and then press on their pain. Make sure they, they really feel it, emote with it. And then you're able to give the prescription and say, this is how we're going to solve your pain for you. This is how we're going to get you what you want, or maybe even better than you want. And, uh, and then, and then you can go through it. And then again, I mean, I know that we don't have much time left, so, so we won't go into, to, like great detail on this, but, um, but that's kind of what we're, we're going through. But if you can identify their pain and then solve their pain and not just be, you know, real estate agent that opens up my standard listing presentation, because everybody's got a brother's uncle, who's a hairdresser and a real estate agent. They don't need you to do, to be the real estate agent. You know, they need somebody that solves their problem. And then because of that, that's why I typically get in my market. It's four, I think it's 4.2% is what the average listing is in my market. And that's why we almost never take less than 6% listing. And oftentimes we're taking seven and 8% listing on the deals. We're oftentimes making as much as most wholesalers make on a deal because we're able to just, you know, have a larger listing because people aren't seeing you as an agent. If they see you as an agent, they think, Oh, I need to, to charge what an agent charge. But if they see you as a problem solver that gets them what they want, you can charge anything you, can, you want. Yeah. And we, we, you know, I have that in my business too, right? People want to come in and go, well, I don't pay real estate agents uh, 5% or 6% or whatever. I, we, we pay two and a half and I'm like, okay, well you can go get your two and a half percent agent. Then like, that's, that's not how we, that, you know, our value proposition is worth more than six. You're lucky I'm selling it for six, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and it's kind of the same thing here, right? If you can solve the problem, you can do it in a, in a fast way. People will pay you what you're worth if you can actually deliver. So confidence, you've got to be a problem solver. And then you actually, you know, ultimately you got to perform, right? And, and so when, when you're when you're teaching somebody how to do this, are you teaching them? Because it sounds like the first part of this is, is uh, I mean, that's it's serious sales academy. That's what it sounds like to me, right? On the first end of this, you're, it's a specialized sales academy on how to sell specifically to these people, right? Because the, the principles exactly. that you're talking about is, is, is sales, but you're, you've, you've dialed it in specific to this subset. This is exactly how you sell to these people. Right. And right. most people aren't selling to these people. Most people are they get lost in the in the shuffle between the investor and the regular realtor and there's a there's a blue ocean here that's what i'm hearing from you is that 100%. this is massive blue ocean if you can figure out how to talk to these people and then figure out how to deliver on the other end you you've really got something absolutely absolutely then you're not stuck with like you know 4% 5% 6% commission you're just you're you're a problem solver and people the people that make the most money are the people that solve the biggest problems so that's it Man, I, I I love that. I also love the fact that you've you you've taken a a normal brokerage and you've created you've literally created a blue ocean for yourself. Yeah. Which I mean, right now the red ocean of the of the real estate brokerage world, I, I, it is a race to the bottom on on commissions okay. and. In in large measure, it it probably should be. If 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 two brokers here are being honest, ninety percent of realtors suck. They're horrible. They don't deserve any more than whatever one and a half or two percent anyway, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't even know what else to say about that. They they most realtors suck, and they're and the the race to the bottom is appropriate for most of them. So that leaves a smaller part of the top for the people who are really at the top uh, of their game. Um. Absolutely. I, I hate on brokers all the time. They, they really are a pretty pathetic bunch. And I can say that because I am one. Well, listen, how... So you teach people how to do this. 
Yeah. 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 How do, so I'm listening to this and I'm either a, a broker or I'm a, you know, I'm a rehab guy and I've got thousands and thousands of leads that are just wasting away on both sides of this. How do people get a hold of you to figure out how they can make money? Because it sounds like both of those two crowds could stand to to learn from you and just you know potentially make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year oh, yeah. um, from 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 things that are right now just being wasted. Absolutely, yeah, and and I've been working to make sure that both the investor and the agent all uh, kind of can win from this program. So yeah, my uh, our Facebook group, the Uncommon Real Estate Group, you can jump in there. We talk about some of the agent investor pieces there. You know, friend me on Facebook, message me on Facebook. Also our website, chriscraddick.com. We have the REI agent class, which is what this class is. And uh, yeah, you can sign up there and get more information there, you know, as well as like my uh, uh, millionaires, you know, you know, in five years, we went to over a hundred million dollar in volume business. And uh, I think part of that is the reading list we have. So I have that on there free as well, that people can just sign up and we'll send you the reading list that I recommend for anybody growing a business. So yeah, that's, that's how to get in touch with me. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, lots of people were generous with their time when I was learning. And as I am learning, a lot of people are generous and, uh, you know, yeah, want to, want to be able to give back the way people have given to me. Man, we, we really appreciate it. I think this is, so if you're out there and you're a real estate broker agent, or you're considering becoming one, I'm telling you from somebody who's in the business and does literally hundreds and hundreds of deals a year, this is a blue ocean then nobody is doing this. As a matter of fact, this particular piece of the industry, if it does exist, it's an antagonistic one. And if you can go into your market and become the savior of of this piece um, and really deliver, I hundred percent believe you, Chris. You can make you can make a fortune doing this because there are a ton of people in every market that are that are just wasting these leads. And there are there is literally no real estate agents or brokers who are doing what you're doing. This is this is really, really unique. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing it with everybody. So guys, go connect with him on Facebook. You know, go to his website, grab his stuff and and connect with him. Um, I'm gonna do that. And I'm I'm interested in your reading list. Real quick, what's your what's your favorite book on your reading list? Oh man. You had to pick one. I know it's a big list. So because I looked at it. So uh, what's what's your favorite on there? It depends on what I'm struggling with at the time. But honestly, I think... Uh, oh, man. And both of these are about the same kind of topic. But if I have to go back and forth, either the compound effect or atomic habits, just the idea that these uh, tiny little adjustments every day... There we go! Yes! This is my absolute favorite book. I read it several times a year. Compound Effect, guys, for those of you who are not watching this, Compound Effect, it's on my desk. Um, we actually give this to our clients. We didn't plan this. We didn't plan it. Nope. <laughs> Sitting right there. Sitting right there. Compound Effect is a fantastic book. I've said that I don't know how many times on the podcast. If you still haven't picked up your copy of that, you know, Darren Hardy can thank me. Go, go get it. It's a fantastic book. Chris, the atomic habits thing too. And the interesting it, thing is he says, you don't have every day, everything you want to be. So I want to be, you know, I've, I've been putting on weight with the Corona quarantine, everything. And I'm like, that's not who I am. And, and his whole point is, you know, you have an election every day and you're voting one way or another. Yep. And even this morning, my, my daughter made cookies and I, uh, 
I was walking walking past the the plate of cookies this morning, and uh, I, I'm a person that doesn't mind eating cookies in the morning. And I literally thought to myself, I'm like, nope, I'm going to win the vote. I'm voting for uh, for Fit Chris right now, and I, that's the vote I'm going to make. <laughs> Fit and Chris so, yeah, is winning the election. Fit I'll Chris is winning the election today. Yeah. Chris, man, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed our time, guys. Go look him up if you if you like the uh, podcast, please share it, and you know, most importantly, give us a thumbs up, write us a review, subscribe. Hit up his his podcast as well, Uncommon Real Estate. Sounds like it's going to be incredible. Chris, thank you for your time, man. Thank you for serving my people. Appreciate it. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.